Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Today's podcast brought to you by the Weekly Standard Cruise. Cruise the Mediterranean with all of your Weekly Standard favorites. Fred Barnes, Bill Crystal, and the gang. Visit TWS Cruise, the Weekly Standard Cruise, TWSCruise.com for more information. And despite that big Weekly Standard buildup, here we have the editor of National Review, Rich Lowry. Rich, you're the first ever non-weekly standarian to is that right to be the uh, podcaster because of this uh, i think historic joint editorial that you did with bill crystal this is serious cross-pollination it certainly yeah. is i'm very even from south as i am from south carolina i'm uncomfortable with this <laughs> well it's the the second kobe line piece bill and i have ever done we we wrote one in 06 urging president bush to adopt the surge and now we have this one so occasionally we feel strongly enough about something, and mm-hmm. it seems um, notable enough for, for us to be on the same page that, that we do one of these pieces. What makes the immigration issue notable enough for something as unusual as this joint NRO uh, weekly standard operation? Well, it's hugely consequential, obviously, for the future of the country, and the uh, basically entire establishment is lined up saying this is something the party just has to absolutely do or face suicide, and uh, we don't buy that, and we want to uh, uh, fortify the House to the extent possible. John Boehner has been making you know, good noises on this, but we just want to be sure there's a stake driven through the heart of this bill. You know, one of the first things that you and Bill Crystal point out is that the uh, amnes- the bill, I won't call it, on my radio show we call it the amnesty bill all the time. I'll be more f- fair-minded here on the Weekly Standard podcast. This uh, immigration reform bill's first fatal deficiency is that it doesn't solve the illegal immigration problem. Uh, why do you say it doesn't solve the problem? Doesn't it do something? It does something, but according to CPO, the latest version of the, the bill, the actual bill that passed after the corker Hoven amendment would diminish illegal immigration by as little as a third or as much as a half. But you kind of run the estimates on that, and that means we could have, you know, another seven or eight million illegal immigrants 10 years from now. And by Marco Rubio's own standard, this is just a fatal deficiency. I mean, he said he doesn't want to have to come back and do this yet again, but apparently uh, we will. I know I hope people understand this because this is what I find fascinating that the number isn't we'll go from 11 million down to 10 million. The number is we'll go from 11 million to maybe seven or eight million more up to 19 million. In other words, not only does it not solve the problem of the people who are here, it anticipates adding another seven or eight million new illegal immigrants after we've provisionalized the ones who are have already arrived. Right. And but the folks who have calculated this uh, look at the CBO, which apparently says even after the initial legalization, there'll be about three and a half million illegal immigrants left who, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, won't be eligible and won't take advantage of it. And then if you just have the, the normal flow of illegal immigration diminished by what the CBO estimates, then you get another seven or, or eight. So, and that's assuming, Michael, of course, that the Obama administration will enforce this thing by the letter of the law. And one, we have experience with two administrations now, Republican and Democrat, ignoring uh, the law when it comes to immigration. Bush did it as well. And then every other day, it seems we have in the headlines the Obama administration ignoring some aspect of what everyone thought was law when it comes to Obamacare. 
You talk about ignoring the law, the uh, living in Massachusetts, as I do, and seeing how the local laws are applied when it comes to people who are here illegally. We know for a fact that Romney Care, as we call our health care system, is specifically not supposed to be available for non-legal residents. And yet Governor Patrick, a good, solid liberal, admits we spend more than $100 million a year providing health care to people who shouldn't be getting it. Do you have any doubt that... Even though the law says provisional immigrants, as they will be once this is enacted, are supposed to not be part of Obamacare and its costs, do you have any doubt that they will, of course, be granted these benefits? Because that's what America and our government institutions do. Yeah, and that's where I think it's it's really mistaken the likes of John McCain to say, well, we need to pass this bill to put the issue of immigration behind us. Right. First of all, that's what we heard Democrats say with Obamacare. You, know, you just pass this massive piece of legislation, and health care is behind you. Well, no, it isn't, because there can be all sorts of problems with implementing the law, and then there'll be all sorts of continued political issues. And it's very easy to see the Democrats saying, once this, if this bill passed in, in, its, uh, in the form that got out of the Senate, saying, well, it's not fair to cut these low-income people off for 10 years from the kind of benefits that are available to everyone else and cut them off from the means that other low-income people are getting their health care through, Obamacare. And why are you so mean and nasty? So Democrats will pound away on that. They'll also pound away on how long it takes uh, to, to get uh, all the way through the so-called path to citizenship. So this issue isn't going to go away. This isn't a magic bullet. So Republicans would be much um, better advised to be very cautious about it and do what makes sense as a matter of policy first and then worry about the politics. And I'm glad that you brought up what Republicans should do, because, as you know, many Republicans are saying we have to do something and we have to do something that is seen by the political leadership in the Hispanic community as not even an outreach, but I think they're throwing ourselves at their feet and begging, please, please, please take me to the prom. So what, do you agree that Republicans need to do something drastic in order to reach out to uh, Hispanic voters? I don't think they need to do anything immediately. And on this time frame that's being presented here with this bill, which I think is entirely uh, artificial, as we point out in the piece we wrote, it's not going to hurt Republicans in you know, any House races or any of these, probably any of these swing Senate races. So if you wait beyond 2014, you're probably going to have a situation where the correlation of forces in Washington is more favorable to Republicans and they potentially control the Senate. And then you could pass an immigration bill and sort of dare President Obama to veto it. And then, then the politics will look a lot different than they, they do today, where Senate Democrats really hold the whip hand. Uh, Bill Crystal was notorious among those of us who, have, like myself, who have, were strong opponents of amnesty for being what we would call a squish. He was ready to make a deal and, and says he still is under the right circumstances. Even he has rejected the Senate plan. Do you think the Republicans in the House will simply walk away or will they be pressured by the press and by, you know, cries of, of bigotry into reaching towards the Senate bill? And is there a way to to kind of straddle that, to not appear as though you're doing nothing, but not get caught in the mess that is the Senate bill is likely to be? Yeah, they can pass some measures that make sense, some incremental measures, some enforcement measures. But in the piece we wrote, we advise strongly against getting caught up in a conference committee with the Senate. Because the Senate's made it clear it's really not going to accept anything short of the basic contours of the Gang of Eight bill. And we just worry once you get to a conference committee, there is a potential for all sorts of procedural shenanigans. And it just makes us very, very nervous. So we think it's it's best for the House to, if it it feels the need to do so, and it probably does, 
to pass some things, but then if the Senate's not going to accept those, which it isn't, just say, okay, that's the end of it and not get caught up in a conference committee. That's Rich Lowry with, yes, not the Weekly Standard, but National Review. And I'm not allowed to say, Rich, and I'm a huge fan of National Review. Or like that. Don't tell Joan I said hi or anything. This is the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham.